the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. it underway for a Friday, last day of the week. Thank goodness for that. Uh, Yesterday, of course, the winter storm came through. I did my show from my house. I'm doing it from my house again today. I'm in my dining room, sitting at the dining room table, getting ready to to talk to you today. As I uh, said in our promo, uh, you know, ice and snow and everything else will not stop the great content that we uh, try to bring to you every day here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Joining me today, uh, law professor Robert Steinbach from the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of Bowen School of Law or the university to which attached. And then uh, Chris Corbett is with us, practicing attorney uh, up in Conway. And uh, by the way, let's not forget that Robert is a practicing attorney as well. So, uh, Robert, did you make it through the great ice apocalypse yesterday? I did. I uh, didn't leave my house, and I'm without uh, Internet. Uh, But other than that, I'm doing fine. Wow, you're completely without Internet now, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I can use my phone, obviously, to, like, check the news and stuff, but I don't have the, the cable Internet. Oh, okay. And uh, how about you, Chris? How are things for you? How how, how was your day yesterday? I mean, you sent me a you sent me a meme and of uh, some person <laughs> dancing out on the street in, in in the snow. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm actually stuck in New Orleans. I'm down here at the Monte oh, wow. on the corner. I'm on the corner, and I'm trying to get me some water. I'm down in the land of beignets and chicory coffee. Yeah, I love beignets down there. That's that's good. That's good stuff. Did they did they uh, avoid the ice and just have rain, or how did it work down uh, there? That's exactly what. It just pounded down cold rain. I mean, cold rain, and uh, all the yeah. flights into Little Rock were canceled. So I might be I might have to stay another night, Dave. I might get stuck again. Man, that can be tough getting close to uh, Mardi Gras and everything. <laughs> yes, that can be, it is. That can, be, that can be really tough down there. Although your rate for staying over another night might be more expensive than it had been. Yeah, they had been easy on the pocketbook. <laughs> I really bet that's the truth, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, yesterday was one of those great days from because I grew up in the Midwest, so Here's what we did on snow days when you couldn't get out because, you know, you had 19 inches of snow on the ground. It took that much to stop the clouds. But, uh, you know, tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, it sounds so good. 
That's what we had yesterday, you know, not stuff that keeps you warm on the inside and radiates to the outside. And I didn't lose direct TV, so I could watch as much news as I wanted to. I could overload if I wanted to, and I always do. And, uh, and check the thing out. Here's the big topic uh, for us today, and we talk about this all the time, but today we got like four different ways to look at this. One, and we're going to talk free speech today. I mean, it just makes sense that with all the stories that are out there that we talk free speech. And when you come to the Dave Ellswick Show, it is a, spe- a free speech zone. I have people who text me all the time and say, why do you let this person or that person get on your uh, your Facebook and say some of the stuff they say? And I go, free speech. You know, you don't have to believe it. You know, make a make a logical argument against what they're saying. Let's have more free speech. You let's have the free speech from you. So we've got Whoopi Goldberg, uh, who made some really asinine statements about the Holocaust, and I do mean they were asinine. You talk about a person who is speaking just from tunnel vision. It was Whoopi Goldberg, and then you have uh, Joe Rogan, who is uh, putting people on that aren't towing the company line, so to speak. And so people are attacking him and saying that his show should be taken off the air and he shouldn't be able to speak. Uh, Then we have uh, the Olympics and the Speaker of the House comes out and tells the the Olympic athletes, you know, while you're over there in China, you shouldn't say anything about the Uyghurs or any of that kind of stuff. Get yourself in trouble. Don't want to do that. And then last but not least, Robert's got a story about a, a law professor who uh, talked about uh, uh, President Biden and his uh, wanting to put a black female on the courts, which he fought against, by the way, back when he was running that committee. He fought against that uh, because the Democratic Party didn't want a Republican to be able to put the first black woman on the court. They made sure that uh, they, they didn't get a black woman on uh, at that time until they had a president into the White House. How, how crazy is that? But that's the, that's the whole story on that. We'll, get, we'll talk about it a little bit. But let me start with you, Robert. Uh, today or this week, free speech really came to a head in America, didn't it? Indeed. Uh, I'm not sure it's my story from the New York Times, by the way, but nonetheless, I take your meaning. You shared it with me. I shared it with you. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I thought somehow you were ascribing it to me. Um, Yeah, the New York Times. Not only that, you uh, brought it to us. Got it. Um, The New York Times uh, has an article by a liberal, Michelle Goldberg, I'm not generally a fan of her. It's an opinion column. I'm not generally a fan of her column. I read it often, but it doesn't make me a fan of it. But in her column, she talks about the situation that has been well covered in the media throughout the country now, where this uh, professor who works now for, I believe, for Cato, some conservative think tank, um, has now been hired by um, GW uh, to uh, head up a program on the Constitution, something like that, like a uh, um, a, a specialty uh, program that they have there. And he put out a tweet saying that Joe Biden should appoint uh, a, a well-known judge uh, from D.C., the D.C. Uh, uh, circuit, the federal circuit, uh, who's of uh, Indian heritage, Indian, in this instance, the country, 
uh, uh, and it's very well known in uh, liberal circles and in conservative circles as well, in fact. And then it made a comment that uh, if Biden uh, continues with his plan to only choose from the group of um, African-American women, uh, that he is going to get not as good a candidate uh, because uh, this author, this professor, believes that this Indian uh, American is the best candidate. Um, Okay. And so he puts out this statement and they uh, pounce on him. Uh, now, I don't remember the exact language that he used in there, but some people said that he wrote it in a way that uh, didn't read well. Um, I don't recall, to be honest, what the wording was. Uh, but the, the general point was clear. If you only look at a group um, that's, uh, I don't know, what is it, probably 7% of the population and an even smaller percentage of the practicing law population, law pop, you know, people with a law degree, um, uh, then you're obviously restricting uh, your chances of getting the best candidate. To be clear, it's possible, right? It's possible that the best candidate can be in a group defined by race and gender uh, and therefore be amongst, uh, let's say, 6% of the population. It's entirely possible. uh, But equally, entirely, highly unlikely, statistically. Uh, And so that was the point that he was bringing out. Now, to be fair, remember, Ronald Reagan said he was going to appoint a woman. Now, that's a much bigger group, but still, he restricted that group, uh, his choices, to uh, half the population. Uh, And when you make a statement like that, you're excluding uh, the other half of the population, which may include someone who's more qualified. Um, I don't recall... Uh, whether when Justice Thomas was appointed that there was a claim made that the goal was to appoint an African-American or just that uh, Bush appointed an African-American. So uh, I'm not sure that I don't think he uh, restricted his pool in advance. Uh, But it's uh, Donald Trump did, if I recall correctly, with um, Amy Comey Barrett. Uh, where he said, uh, I'm going to appoint a woman again, uh, like uh, Reagan did, and again, restricted it. So if we're going to criticize, and I think we should criticize, uh, choosing based on gender, based on race, uh, based on religion, based on any non-merit-based factor, uh, we need to share the criticism. Uh, Yeah, and I agree with that. Right. Uh, But the criticism is a perfectly valid criticism because you are inherently restricting the pool and therefore decreasing the odds, not eliminating, but decreasing the odds uh, that you will get uh, the most qualified person. The difficulty, particularly for the left, is they've started to eschew the notion of qualifications. Like qualifications are race and gender and all of these other factors, not intelligence, education, capability, all of the things that uh, we have traditionally uh, conceived of as merit-based. And I reject the notion that those factors uh, uh, of merit uh, are anything but um, useful measures of quality, and I reject the notion that race and gender and religion and yada, 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 Uh, should be the key factors 
in uh, determining qualification. They sh- they are not qualification factors. Everybody should have an equal opportunity to seek a position. And, of course, <clears throat> we have always recognized that uh, different backgrounds might result in different abilities uh, to go to uh, expensive schools. So someone might, might graduate from a state school because his family couldn't afford an expensive school and couldn't get financial aid. And by the way, financial aid is often available, so it's a little bit of a red herring. But let's assume there's still some financial issues involved. Uh, the smartest person could easily go to a state-funded school as opposed to a private school. So we need to uh, consider those factors. Uh, but how did the person do at school? What were the person's grades? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all merit factors. And the claim that they're not uh, is an attempt to bypass what is merit uh, for these um, identity factors. And identity factors are not merit. Well, there's so much stuff that goes on in our society and culture now that is based on everything but merit that, uh, you know, we're so far down the railroad track, so to speak, it's going to be hard to get back to a a meritocracy type of of a setup. And when we come back after this break, we're going to take Chris. I thought, uh, I thought uh, Robert did a nice job of explaining this to get us underway. Let's come back and continue the conversation with you uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us. we got a lot more to talk. Freedom of speech on the front border, uh, a burner this morning here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. I'm here, along with, and I'm at my house. That's where I'm at. I'm not in the studio today. I'm at my house. I can't get in uh, to the studio. Uh, I can't drive on the roads because not all the roads are are passable. And I'm up on a hill. Robert, you know where I live. That one hill that you got to go up to get to the house is ice covered, and I can't get up it, and I can't get down. Well, I could get down it, but I wouldn't be able to control the core car as I went down. Uh, Chris is down in New Orleans. Uh, he's been there for I don't know just a day or two, uh, eating beignets and. Uh, <laughs> Did you have sword? You having any swordfish while you're down there? I'm just I, telling you that. Yeah. Oh no, Dave! I put the hurt. I had 40 pounds of crawfish. Me and my buddies went through <laughs> 40 pounds of crawfish. Eating mud bugs down there. Okay. All yeah. Right. Well, we started off the show today talking about uh, a um, a writer, uh, a, a liberal writer, in fact, writing a column about. Joe Biden picking a black woman, uh, as he said he's going to nominate, for the Supreme Court, uh, saying that he knew a person of Indian heritage from uh, the nation of India that was better qualified than the person that uh, Biden was thinking about uh, putting up and that he should put her up or him up uh, and uh, do so uh, because they were the best candidate, not not, uh, putting them up because they were just filling a, a, a checkbox of what, uh, what race they were. So let me come to you. I thought Robert did a good job of, of laying out a great foundation of, of uh, you know, the, the whole idea that we're supposed to be putting the best people uh, on the Supreme Court. What's your thoughts about all of this? It's real simple, Dave. If, you, if the government makes a choice based on race, it's unlawful, period. I don't care how you spin it, twist it, 
turn it upside down. You just can't use race to do it. I tell you what, I, who I want on the on the United States Supreme Court, I want the best person. I don't care if they're blue, red, green, yellow, white, black. Why not? How about the best person to be chosen to be on the United States Supreme Court? And um, when the the Georgetown University as a newly hired professor came out and tweeted something about um, a topic that these professors are pushing this intersectionality. Uh, they, he ended up saying that we're going to get a lesser black woman. Now, he should have said it like he said it, but we're talking about the government, right? Georgetown University, if they get any federal funding, they can be considered the government. And here's what's funny. The Georgetown Black Law Students Association is who demanded the revocation of this law professor's employment contract. And it's so funny that they're the they're the ones that are standing up for for, for their race, yeah. right? They don't 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 discriminate against blacks. Well, now when when they, when they if they use that as a factor for a Supreme Court nominee, it's just outrageous, Dave. It's just the they're they're, they're changing the the definition of discrimination. And then with Whoopi, you know, I read what Whoopi said. She I think she just got her facts because she said the Jews want a race. Well, what is race, right? It's a it's some sort of physical attribute. We don't we're not doing that here in the United States. It's illegal. It's unlawful. Yeah. I saw one of the I saw one of the senators quizzing a a federal judge uh, nominee, and he asked her point blank asked her, uh, "Is racial discrimination unlawful?" She wouldn't answer the question. She would say no. Yeah, it's unlawful. It's just I come up out of my my chair talking about this, and um, uh, it's a it's a dangerous road we're going down with this. It's, you know, to suspend Whoopi Goldberg? No, don't suspend her. Let her talk. Um, yeah, we got to be careful with it, Dave. Well, I I I'm for free speech. Everybody knows that. Um, yeah. I want everybody to be able to say what they're they're feeling. Doesn't mean right. you, you get the you get the opportunity to call fire in a, a crowded room or whatever. I mean, I understand that part of it. But uh, if somebody makes a statement uh, that is just plain stupid and ignorant, you should be able to come back and point out the ignorance of what they're saying, and and, That's right. and That's right. let it let it be at that point. Just let it be at that yeah. point. They they prove well, they're stupid. I, that's right. And that's what you should have called. You should have called Whoopi for saying what she said that the Holocaust wasn't a racial thing. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. Right. Well, they should have yeah, called her stupid and said, "Hey." Well, it showed how myopic and how tunnel vision she is when she was making her her statement on the fact that race is only based on color. See that that's what's Oops. interesting. She was saying that race was based on color. And that's well, why Dave, she uh, was talking about. Dave, let me, uh, you let know, me interject here because black. I think you've hit the nail on the head here. This is the issue. The left has been propagating this falsehood that our country uh, revolves around one notion and one notion only, and that is that uh, 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 race is our defining characteristic, and that notion of race is black versus white and i use verses because yeah. that's how the yeah. left sets it up and that this country has always been against blacks and this country remains against blacks now of course we've had an awful history when it uh, comes to african-americans obviously 
given slavery. But then we've also had the Civil War and the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, and uh, now uh, this is uh, certainly United States is the greatest country in the world and amongst the greatest countries for anyone to live in, uh, including African-Americans or, or people of African heritage, because we're talk- comparing countries. So if you're, you know, in uh, France, you're a, an African French, I guess. Uh, my point simply being is that the notion that this country still is uh, anti-black, uh, anti-anything, by the way, any group. This country is not uh, a racist country. It is not an intolerant country. To be clear, as we all know, there are racists and there are intolerant people. But you have to be able to come to a conclusion that some min- uh, 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 some minimal level must be reached before you can characterize a country as racist. And there's no uh, legitimate way to call this country racist. People disagree with that notion, to be clear. And I'm telling you, point blank, I believe they're wrong. But I believe the they're wrong, too. Right. That's the narrative of the left. So All when right. the narrative I, I gotta, of the left I gotta is... Stop you. I got to stop you. We got to go to break. News is coming up. Let's do the news and we'll be back to talk some more. Back on the Dave Ellswick Show, 25 minutes till 7 on a Friday. Robert Steinbach is with us, law professor, Owen School of Law, also practicing attorney here in the state of Arkansas. Remember that his opinions are his and his alone do not necessarily reflect the Bowen School of Law or the university to which it belongs. Down in New Orleans, uh, getting ready for Mardi Gras, but be coming back before Mardi Gras starts. Chris Corbett, who is originally or is from uh, uh, Conway, he's practicing attorney as well. And they both join me on Fridays here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm Dave, coming up at 735. Just so you know, Matt Smith will be with us. I know a lot of you are going to be wanting to get out because you get stuck in your house all day yesterday. You may be in your house a, a good portion of today. But the movie theaters will be open tonight if you want to get out here or see a movie. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, Matt on to talk about what's showing this weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, tell you what uh, you might want to go see. I, I was set up to go last night uh, to the movies and, of course, couldn't get there and got a hold of uh, Nikki over at the, the Cabinet VIP. And I'm going on Saturday night uh, to go see one of the new movies that uh, is going to be out. And, no, it's... The movie I'm going to see, just so everybody will know, is not Jackass. I'm not going to see. I am not going to see the new Jackass movie. That that's that's not my that's not my movie. Though I do enough watching Jackasses when I watch Congress, so I'm I I don't have to go to the movies to, to watch them make stuff make stuff up. All right, so let's get back. We've been talking. We've been yeah. We've been talking about uh, Whoopi Goldberg and what happened to her last week with what she said about race and uh, what she said by saying the Holocaust wasn't a race issue and kind of, I think she kind of downplayed the Holocaust and the 6 million people who died or, or whatever uh, during uh, that time and uh, in how terrible it was and that it was just white people beating up on each other. First, I got to take the exception that you don't understand uh, it's called the Jewish race 
All right, it's, it's, they're not they're not a bunch of white guys and gals. All right, just know that. That's right. I mean, that's right. You get over you get over into the Middle East, uh, Whoopi, and uh, Jews aren't white. All right, they, they're not they're not the same color as white people back here. I mean, they're not white people. That's just the way it, way it goes. And uh, I know Robert wants to get and get in on on this, so we'll we'll let him get into it since he's uh, uh, he's a, our, the Jewish member of our panel. Did did that offend right. you? What uh, what she had to say, uh, Robert? Well, here's the thing, Dave. Virtually everything that comes out of Whoopi's mouth is garbage. Um, she, she a moron, as we like to say. Um, and so she said something else stupid. Really? It's when she doesn't say something stupid that it's newsworthy, <laughs> not the other way around. So, yeah, of yeah. course, her comments are ridiculous. And as I mentioned uh, before the break, her comments are reflective of this problem of indoctrination by the left going on in this country, that everything is viewed through the distorted lens of black and white in terms of uh, by the way, when I say black and white in this context, I mean uh, skin color, you know, not newsprint, uh, through that uh, distorted lens. And everything is about whites uh, oppressing blacks in modern day. And if it's not that, it's nothing or nearly nothing. And so she says, well, since it's not that, it's just a bunch of whites arguing among, amongst themselves. And, of course, uh-huh. the Holocaust was not that at all. So it just shows you the patent absurdity of and the uh, obvious result of the leftist indoctrination that we're going through today. Yeah, and I agree. And here's what's interesting is that uh, we have always talked about this. And uh, I'll let you jump on this, Chris. I'm going to use this as a jumping off part for all of us. The left, the left is notorious for eating their own and there, you know, Whoopi's in trouble with the left as well, and uh, that 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 can be, uh, you know, career-ending for people sometimes. Let's turn it over to you. I'll let you talk about that. I'll tell you what's ironic about this. First of all, here's how it's described: uh, Whoopi Goldberg, you you said a galactically stupid comment, okay? And what's funny and what's moronic, or even just crazy is she chose a Jewish name. Her name isn't Goldberg. Does that mean she's Jewish? Did she just beat her own self up? No, I think her last name's Karen with a C or something. And uh, uh, what, her, her comment was galactically stupid. She and But to suspend her for being stupid, uh, that, you know, the, the private company has the right to do that. Um, but, but what what Rob was talking about is right on point. This indoctrination has just permeated our society, and it affects people. And so you got to stand up and go, you know what? We don't need to be um, limiting our candidacy pool to the United States Supreme Court to just black people. It's, I mean, that, that statement alone is outrageous. And, um, and you see how we're this 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 constantly pounding the drums, this white, black, you know, the United States is racist, um, morons taking the knee at, a, at a NBA games and NFL games in front of the flag. It's just, I think folks have had enough, Dave. They just had enough of it. Well, and I, and I agree. And they have made it a black, white issue. It's more than that. I mean, I look at the, the history of uh, the American Chinese and, Man, I feel sorry yeah. for those people that 
They they were oh, they were discriminated against just like uh, black people were. I mean, we can talk right. about how the how the how the railroad to the west was built. We know how it was built. You know, yeah. it was built Ooh. on uh, you know slave labor out there. We can talk about yes, it was. Native Americans. We can we can talk about a lot of different people throughout history from every country, not just in America, but in every country across the world. And this is an ongoing thing. Man, I got. I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle a little Christianity in this, so the left will really don't like me now. Uh, you know, man is a fallen creature because he's a fallen creature. He has the wrong idea about most things. And that's the, just the, the gist of, of all of it. So I want I want uh, Whoopi to keep her job. I want her to be on the air saying all the stupid things she wants to. Whenever I bring lefties on, I always let them talk. I give them enough rope so they can hang themselves. That you do, Dave. The you, that's okay. the way you let you let them, uh, you know, show how ridiculous their arguments are. Uh, I. Robert, you've known me for many, many years. Chris, not as many, but you all know that I don't have any problem with people saying what they believe. It's just that some people believe stupid stuff. <laughs> I don't well, look, this, doesn't mean that look, this is a stupid person, right? <laughs> yeah. This is Amazing. what we do when we vote for political candidates, right? We decide who makes the, the smarter statements. And who does the smarter thing? And I'm, by smart, I don't mean intelligent per se, although I think it relates significantly. What I mean is the things, for example, when we vote for candidates for state office, we're voting for people who we believe will do the best for us as a community. Uh, so we always judge merit and quality. Uh, and and we shouldn't abandon those notions uh, because of the leftists' reductionist view of what humanity is about. I agree. Okay, guys, we got to get another get our final break for this hour end. We'll do that. We got about a about sixteen minutes left here in this hour. We'll come back. We'll talk some more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay with us. Free speech is on the front burner. When we come back, Joe Rogan here. We'll be talking about him here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, I want to be clear about something. I don't like uh, Whoopi Goldberg's opinions. For the most part, I haven't heard her speak the truth very, very, very seldom. But I'll be honest with you, I cannot stand jo uh, Joy Bear. I just can't not take that woman at all. She is the most... I can't watch it. She is yeah. That, that, that woman's mind is so shallow, it's not even a puddle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just really bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, right. let's, let's turn it over. I want to turn it back to, uh, to Robert. Robert, go ahead. You wanted to make okay. one more point on this. You wanted to make oh, one more point, away. Robert. Oh, did he step away? He stepped away, Dave. Yeah, I think okay. he's right. right back. Okay, well, we'll get him back on here in just a moment. He probably did like I did. Just to tell everybody how how much coffee plays a part in my life. Robert was making a salient point during the break to me, and I said, hold your thought. I'll be back. i got to get more coffee. So, <laughs> yeah, me too. He wrote you it know. down. When he comes back, we'll hear what he has to say. Yeah, but, we'll figure uh, we'll it out. We'll figure it out. Here's what it is. Here's what it is, Dave. It's a teaching moment. You know what? I, I think agree. Lisa Gilbert, she, she's just galactically stupid. Her comment yeah. was just galactically stupid. And, you know, she... Uh, uh, now she's like, oh, wait a minute, I was wrong.
Okay. And then they, for them to suspend her, I don't know if they're going to, have they fired her or they just suspended her? Um, they just suspended her for two weeks. Oh, okay, okay. So a little bit. And, and, little and evidently she was furious. Yeah, she was oh. furious about it, Chris. You know, how oh, dare right. you suspend me even, I guess. But anyway, I wonder if yeah, that, she'll be back. Without pay? With, without pay to hit her pocketbook? I have no idea. <laughs> I Yeah, I have no idea. Like she... I don't know. She might need the money. I have no idea. Maybe that's her only gig now. I haven't seen her acting lately at all. So maybe that's, right. uh, maybe that's what she needs. Robert, are you back? He's not. Okay. Well, let me tell you what we're going to move into, Chris. You and I okay. are Lay talking it about yeah, it. Yeah, Lay it on me. Let's, yeah. let's talk about Joe Rogan and his podcast. Oh, that's uh, what his, you brought up. Yeah, that's what the, you brought up. Yeah, Joe the, the, the Joe, the Joe Rogan experience that goes on. He's on yeah, Spotify. Yeah, yeah. He's got over eleven and a half million listeners, and uh, just this, uh, I guess it was the beginning of this week. Neil Young, of all people, blows my mind. It's Neil Young. Uh, Neil Young told Spotify, "You can have Neil Young, or you can have Joe Rogan, but you can't have both of us." And while if you guys keep Rogan on, you can't. Uh, I want my music pulled off uh, from uh, your, uh, you know, your your uh, your business. And uh, after he did that, some other person who I have never heard of did it. And then Joni Mitchell joined in and pulled her music down as well. Now I, I want everybody to remember that as that are my age, and I'm in my my uh, my sixties. Uh, during the baby boom generation, these are two of the people that were some of the main purveyors of freedom of speech during the 60s uh, uh, youth movement that was going on. And now uh, they're doing just the opposite. Now, rightly so, Spotify can make the decision to take off Joe Rogan so that they can keep uh, Neil Young on. But they have chosen because, you know, Joe Rogan has 11 and a half million uh, subscribers. They said, okay, Neil, and they took, they took Neil Young's music off of Spotify. And they're taking some of these other artists' music because, you know what? Spotify is losing music, uh, losing money on their music channels, uh, but they're making money on their podcast channel. So uh, I think Neil picked... Uh, How's the uh, how's the old saying go? You know, O'Neill Young should remember. Uh, you know, listeners don't need him round anyhow. I guess that was, that's was the take from Sweet Home Alabama when they were talking about Neil Young's song about Southern Man. So anyway, bottom line, Neil has painted himself into a corner. I wish that people would just say, "Hey, we gotta be, we 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 gotta be uh, open to let everybody." Create and 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 do what they what they want to do, but they don't. People just don't do that. So I'm hearing some movement. Must be uh, must be that uh, Robert is back. Are you back, Robert? I am indeed. Okay, you're there. So what's your take on the Rogan thing? Neil Young pulled his music from Spotify because he told Spotify they couldn't have Neil Young and Joe Rogan. Because he didn't like what Rogan said because he had people on uh, his show uh, that weren't spewing the government narrative about COVID. Right. Well, this is the difference between conservatives and liberals, right? The, the left and leftists, I should say, to be more accurate, 
Uh, the leftists are about cancel, and the conservatives are about free speech. And so conservatives say, well, I disagree with you. What you say is nonsense, and here's why. Because conservatives will explain things. And the left says, oh, you said something I don't like. Cancel. Cancel culture. That's the difference. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I pick and choose who gets to come on the Dave Ellswick Show because the Dave Ellswick Show has my name on it, and I'm the person that puts it together. But I've had people that have been on that don't agree uh, with the whole COVID. And, I mean, we've had Dr. Yamauchi on several times talking about how masks, cloth masks, paper masks don't work. We've had him on talking about that, and rightly so. And now we know that there's, there's a lot of truth to that. The people that I, I do try to keep people off that I know are crackpots, that one woman that said, if you got the shots, you're going to become magnet, magne- uh, magnetic. Did you do you remember her? She could. She said that people. No, magneto. Yeah. She could turn into magneto. You know, people were things were sticking to her and all of that. Well, let me tell you what. There used to be a time that I could rub a spoon and stick it on the end of my nose and it would stay there, but it didn't mean that I was magnetized. You know what I'm saying? So I right. I didn't have her on, and she wanted to come on. I mean, she got a hold of me. She wanted to come on. It was her. Her claim to fame so she could make a little bit of money, I guess. But the bottom line is Rogan puts together a very interesting program. If you've ever listened to it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice to listen to. He asks questions. He let, it's a conversation that you can listen to him talk, and he lets the other person um, you know, spout off their opinion. It's fascinating. And here's the deal. He's getting more views and more listeners than mainstream news, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, got 11, he's got 11, 11 and a half million subscribers is what Joe Rogan yeah, has. Some of these, yeah. Some yeah of these he was, talk he, you, know, you know who views. was Joe Rogan? You know who was Joe Rogan before Joe Rogan was Joe Rogan? Art Bell. Who? Art Bell. I don't know Bell. who that is. Art Bell, well, he used to have uh, a show on radio at late late at night uh, that talked about, you know, um, UFOs and all kinds of uh, paranormal kind of things. And it was hugely, oh, yeah. hugely listened to. And uh, uh, Bell retired. Another guy took his place. Michael Norarty took his place. Uh, Bell has passed away since. Uh, but... You know what? He was out in a bunker in the middle of the desert in Nevada broadcasting, which added to his mystique at that time. <laughs> but people listened to him. But nobody said, nobody said, hey, you know, you shouldn't be able to talk. That's ridiculous. I, or, you know, no, Neil Young didn't yeah. say, don't put me on your rock station. Yeah, there's just more to it. He's had, he's had medical doctors on um, saying stuff that it's not towing the rope, right? And um, it's educating people. And we get, hey, guess what? As Americans, we get to make our own decision where we're wearing a mask. We get to make our That's own decision. Right. We got a, this government oppression. It's one of the reasons I'm running for state office, Dave. The government oppression has gotten out of control. I got a buddy calling me about a shed in his backyard for some little little ordinance that says your shed has to be two feet off the property line instead of eight feet or something. I don't know. It's crazy, Dave. <laughs> It's crazy, crazy, man. Yeah. Okay. We got a, we got just a few moments. Robert's been inordinately quiet, so let's turn it over to him for a moment. And uh, your thoughts about Joe Rogan, uh, Mr. Steinbach? Well, it's the same thing that we've been talking about all along, is that uh, 
this is free speech. And I didn't hear the Joe Rogan uh, show with this doctor. And I don't generally listen to Joe Rogan, not because I'm against Joe Rogan. I just got enough on my plate right now. Uh, so whatever this guy said, I don't care. I don't care. It's a Joe Rogan show. Uh, so he invites his guests. And if Neil Young don't like it, then Neil Young don't need to listen to it. Uh, now, well, let's just, Neil Young let's, is let's, free to leave. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Let me stop you there. Let's let's use his own song against them, or uh, let's use uh, Sweet Home Alabama from Leonard Skinner. Uh, you know, well, we heard what Neil Young said about, uh, about us. Uh, you know, Alabama, you know, we don't need uh, Southern man around anyhow. So we don't, we don't need Neil. I'm, Neil has to understand uh, he, he, his uh, popularity has waned considerably since the, the late 60s, early 70s. Okay, with that said, well, let me move over to you. Is he again. Canadian or American? Is he Canadian or American? Under- he's Canadian. Oh, there you go. I think he's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I think he's Canadian. And then we can, we can, we can, you know, pick and choose about how smart he is. I mean, he married Daryl Hannah. Come on, dude. Ooh, you know, you got to. He did well. You got to. Well, not not if you know Daryl Hannah's past and what she's like. But oh. anyway, bottom line, you know, <laughs> she's 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 a typical Hollywood creation. But anyway, let let's turn it back over to Robert again. Go ahead, Robert. Well, it's the same point that we've been discussing throughout the show today, which is uh, Neil Young thinks he can be the arbiter of uh, what other people listen to. He is free to listen to uh, whatever he wants, uh, but he's not free to um, uh, restrict what other people listen to. And, of course, that's what he's attempting to do by trying to throw around his weight, so to speak. But although, as you point out, I'm not sure that his weight uh, is what he thinks it is. Neil Young is closer to a century old than not. Um, and, yes. and people aren't uh, um, listening to his music the way they once did. Don't get me wrong. He's produced some outstanding music and people still listen to it. But... He seems to think that he should be determining what you and I listen to, and he should not. Well, here's the key. It's so sad, and it's like somebody from the left, like Neil Young, to say it, but one of his biggest uh, songs is, uh, you know, rocking rocking across the free world. Uh, Gosh, Neil, you should live by what you're singing about. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back and, and spend another half hour with Robert and Chris. I'm Dave Ellswick. Dave Ellswick Show. Stay home. Roads are still not the best. Uh, unless you got to be out there, don't be out there. And we'll be back, though, to continue to talk to you in just a moment. Six minutes uh, after seven. It's a Friday. 
Robert Steinbach, Chris Corbett on with me during this hour, as they always are during uh, uh, a Friday show, although sometimes we have special guests that join us uh, during these uh, these times. By the way, uh, you guys are going to love this. Uh, let me mention Robert Steinbach is a law professor at the uh, Bowen School of Law, and as a disclaimer, his, opi- his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the, uh, the school nor of uh, the uh, Bowen School of Law or the university to which it's attached. And then Chris Corbett, practicing attorney up in in uh, in Conway. So uh, we've got both of them on with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Lance Hines, who's basically only one uh, conservative on the city board, I'm going to have him on next week. He's out of state this week, or we would have had him on this half hour for all of us to talk to. Uh, he voted against the uh, Mayor Scott's uh, emergency order uh, that he put into place because of all of the, uh, you know, killings and shootings that are going on in, in Little Rock and said that he had problems with any kind of program uh, that was all about hug-a-thugs. And by the way, when he said thug, uh, two members of the board uh, said that he shouldn't use that word because evidently it's racist in its in its in its meanings, which I disagree with. I think thug is a pretty good way of looking at people who are shooting people out on the streets and things of that nature. So let, let me, we're going to have, uh, you know, that Lance has uh, said that he'll come on this coming week and we'll talk about what the mayor is, uh, got passed the other day about this, uh, emer- this health, it's a health emergency, guys. It's a health emergency. Uh, and it seems like to me it's much more a violence emergency that is uh, occurring in Little Rock at this time. It's it's like any city that's being run by uh, uh, the political party of the blue, uh, not not the police, the blue Democrats. Uh, you know all the murders and the and the uh, uh, the bad bad crime has shot up through the uh, through the ceiling. By the way, over. The shooting of cops is up over a hundred percent from last year. Uh, speaking oh, about God. that, one of the one of one of the things that they're they're talking about is we need more gun laws. We've we've heard that from Biden as he went to New York City. And uh, Chris, let me let me talk to uh, Robert since he's acting as your attorney. Robert, what's going well, on as far as uh, Chris and the and the pieces of legislation he's got out? dealing with guns here in Arkansas. Well, to be clear first, Dave, uh, Chris is both the plaintiff and the joint counsel, the joint attorney on these three gun cases. So he and I are on equal footing on the case in, in terms of being the lawyer. And in addition, he's the party suing. Because Chris, uh, for for a long time, forever, has put himself out there. And he initiated these lawsuits uh, because he wants the people of Arkansas to have the rights that they have been afforded by the legislature and the governor, but that have been thwarted by leftists. Uh, And where are the leftists? Uh, Little Rock. Where are the leftists? Uh, The the, uh, sheriff's uh, um, group that runs Pulaski County uh, um, courthouses, as well as many of the judges in Pulaski County. Uh, and the, the last c- category is actually not leftists. They're just bureaucrats. And, and those are the folks that run uh, Game and Fish. Uh, 
because they're more concerned about uh, th themselves uh, than they are concerned about your rights uh, to carry a, a gun. Um, and so they've determined that it's unsafe <laughs> for you to be able to carry a gun into the office building, what they call the house, uh, at the gun range, so you should leave your gun unattended outside. Wait, what? So uh, the three lawsuits, one is against City Hall in Little Rock because uh, Bob Ballinger uh, and uh, um, others, needless to say, but Bob was the lead on it, uh, wrote a law recently, this past legislative session, uh, to amend the longstanding law on enhanced carry. And the law on enhanced carry had arguably allowed people to carry in City Hall already. But there was an ambiguity there, and the leftists in Little Rock City Hall exploited that ambiguity. And so, uh, they, they, um, they corrected it, uh, uh, and now it's perfectly clear that with an enhanced carry license, that an individual with that license can carry in City Hall the same way he's always been able to carry in the state capitol. Remember, people with enhanced carry carry all the time in the state capitol. Nothing has ever happened bad with that. But the left. Okay, let me, let me yeah. go ahead. The leftists are, are trying to say otherwise. Go ahead. Yeah. And here's, and here's a, here's a question because it, it gets mixed up. It gets muddled. It, they make it so it's hard to see uh, what they're saying. Uh, the left has, what has come out is these killings, these, uh, uh, this violence that has erupted in the city, the police are saying that the reason it's happening is because of all the illegal guns that are out on the street that the, that the criminals have. Well, the left now has taken that, and they have mixed it into the people who are legally uh, given the right by the Constitution to carry a firearm, and they want to take our rights away uh, while under the auspices of their fighting crime against illegal guns being held held by felons and things of that nature. Uh, i got to give them credit. It's a smart way of doing it, but I'm hoping that the American people are smart enough not to see through it. Well, and like, this is the yeah, problem. that you talk about it. Yeah, this is the problem, Dave, <clears throat> that the, uh, the, the, the leftists in city, uh, city Hall here in Little Rock have said, well, we're worried about guns uh, inside the Capitol because what happens yes. if uh, a shooter comes in and then the cops won't be able to identify uh, who is the bad guy, who's not the bad guy. Wait, what? So what you're saying is bad guys can get in with guns, but good guys can't because good guys yeah, don't obey the law. Right. That's right. So how does that mixing it, They mix it all together. They mix it all together. You know, they're talking about this could happen in the Capitol or this could happen in the courtroom. Well, gentlemen, let me tell you about what's going on out on the street right now. People are being shot right. left and right. Yeah, go we're, ahead. We're the most dangerous. We're the most dangerous city city in the country right now per capita. I've looked at the statistics. That is just per capita. We haven't had more killings than Chicago, but per capita, the for the population of the city of Little Rock, we're the most dangerous city in the nation. We've got it. That's not good. How how, how in the world can you equate that with more gun laws? It's just, it's completely absurd. 
that you want to impose more laws on law-abiding citizens. Guess what? The criminals don't give a rip how many laws you write. And they're the showing that it. They can, yeah. The fact that you could disarm me, am I going to obey the law again? I'm going to obey the law, right? But the fact that you could disarm me and more regulations on me when, when these criminals are out there shooting up people, it's just outrageous, Dave. Well, to get all the carjackings going on, I, I can I can tell you, you know, you think it's your lucky day. If you try to carjack my car, you you might get a rude awakening coming from the other That's side right. of my car. I'm just letting everybody know that. But the <laughs> bottom line is, it's just, yeah, it's amazing to me, although I, I have to agree, I'll give where credit is due, the left has mixed this argument up so that yeah. nobody can make, a lot of people can't make any sense out of it. Right, right. Well, they, they, they're, they're, they're a few, I've gotten a few comments about guns in the courthouses. What are you trying to do, Chris? I'm trying to enforce the laws that are on the books. And yeah. if we can't even, if we can't even um, have the expectation that judges will uh, uh, apply the law as written, then what are we doing? We've got to get rid of these liberal judges. We've got to put folks in, our, in office like myself. We got to have people that use common sense, stand up for the people. Because what is the government? The government is me, right? I'm the people. It's for the people. So that, that's what um, what's outrageous to me, Dave. And to see some of these people pushing more agendas, see the prez come out and want to say that a a, a a clip, a forty round clip, is an uh, instrument of war. Come on, man. Yeah, I agree. I I agree wholeheartedly with you. But uh, you know, Robert, how how does this look? I mean, we've got we've got uh, judges that are saying, you know what? Yeah, we know how this law is written, but we we're not going to abide by it. That doesn't. Yeah, we've that seen that now in two two of the- Chris's cases. In one case, the judge says, uh, "Well, uh, it's very confusing law, so I need to yeah. take evidence on it." Wait, what? You don't take, you take evidence on facts. <laughs> you know, like there's a car accident, who hit whom. Right. That's what you take. You don't take evidence on the law. Your job is to take these written laws and decide what they mean. There's no evidence. That's your job. And the judge said, I can't do my job. That's why we took it. We're taking the Supreme Court. We filed our appeal. We filed our brief. When they I Uh, know when they wrote when they wrote the law. They weighed the evidence of whether they should pass the law. That's right. They passed That's the right. law, which tells the judge which way he's supposed to see it. That's exactly That's right. right. And they, then in the other case, yeah. the, the the judge says, well, um, the, the title of this law is uh, something along the lines, and it is, of guns on campus, uh, campus carry. And he's right. Yeah. That's the title of the law. <clears throat> Problem is the law has been amended so that it covers Many different areas, including the state capitol, and there's no dispute that you can carry a gun in the state capitol under that law. Is he yeah. saying that that law yeah. doesn't apply because the title was the old title? Of course, those who went to law school and even many who don't understand that titles are not part of the law. They're just identifying aspects of the law. Oh, that's uh, you know that's Obamacare. Of course, it wasn't even called Obamacare. It was called the ACA, whatever that stands for. Yeah, uh, Affordable Care Act. Affordable Care Act. Yeah. But you can't enforce a title one way or the other. So the judge says, well, I'm confused because the title says this. Uh, the title <laughs> just points you in the direction of where the law is. Go read the actual words of the law. 
It allows a gun in the Capitol. That's not schools. And it allows guns in City Hall. That's not schools yeah. either, of course. But okay, that's we're going to take a break. Why? Because the leftist judges here in Little Rock uh, will not enforce the law that guarantees your gun rights. So we got to take All it right, to the Supreme Chris, Court. I got to take I take got to take a break, Chris. Okay. Let me come back. Okay. You're up because you had something you wanted to say. It's 19 right, minutes it. after seven. It. All right, we got a break. We'll come back here with Chris Corbett has to say here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 22 minutes after seven on a cold Friday. Although it is not sleeting anymore, it's not snowing, no frozen ice falling from the sky, it's still cloudy. They're saying we should see by the afternoon uh, some a little bit of sun, and hopefully it'll be out early enough that we'll get some thawing and get some of these roads uh, back to being very easily passable. But uh, tonight, be careful if you're driving around, because anything that thaws, will refreeze because it's going to be chilly tonight, I think around 15 degrees. And uh, that means that uh, there'll be black ice out on the road, and you don't see that until you're on it. And then if you're not prepared, you just go for the ride, and that's not a good feeling. All right, Chris, when we left, we were talking about these gun laws that you're out trying to to get some clarification through the court system on. And uh, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you bring us up? You had some things you wanted to say about going to the Supreme Court and things of that nature. I did. And um, one, of the, one of the arguments opposing counsel made and that the judges bought was that um, what we've asked the court to do somehow infringes upon separation of powers. And I just... I was stunned by the argument. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Infringement upon separation of powers? So what the judge says is that we, as the legislative body, can't write a law and have it enforced by the executive branch and upheld by the judicial branch. It was crazy. The argument was patently wrong. And to to watch uh, opposing counsel, you know, smart attorneys, make this argument, I was stunned. And the judges bought it. They hung their hat on it and said, oh, yeah, this is a, you can't tell us what to do over here. This is Mr. and Miss legislative body over in the legislative branch. But in the same conduit, the same branch of government, judges get upset and go, well, it's the law. We've got a minimum mandatory sentence for a little bit of weed. We've got to put you in jail for 10 years. Sorry. If you don't like it, go to the legislature. You know what? So we Actually, that was our argument to the judge. If you don't like the law, then go back to the legislature. But the judges in the judicial branch said, nope, I don't like that law. They imposed their personal belief. I don't like that law, and uh, nope, it's a separation of powers issue. And here's a little bit of a nuance. Um, There's a courtroom in the courthouse, right? So none of them um, made that decision. So I can't. I can't carry my gun um, from my car to the courthouse, do some filings, do some property filings, and then leave. They're going to disarm me in in the city of Little Rock, one of the most dangerous cities in the nation, disarm me so I can go about and do my work unarmed when I have a license. By the way, I've got to pay for that license. I'm pissed off about that. But uh, that's why I'm running for office, Dave. And and so these, these test cases are just to show the duplicity of the judges 
and they're not wanting to enforce it down there. That's one of the problems with the city of Little Rock right now. King Scott could put a could put a police officer on every corner right now. Have every officer patrolling the streets right now. And what is he doing? Nothing. He's asking the citizens for help. Really? Oh, so how about disarming them? How about putting a a, a, a sign on city hall that says you can't carry your firearm in here? It's outrageous, Dave. That's why we're, that's why I'm doing something about it. Well, and that's a, and it's a good thing of, of what you're doing because you, you correct me if I'm wrong, and either one of you can answer this question. They're saying since we do our business in the courtroom, the the legislature cannot tell us what rules we are to have at City Hall. Is that is that what is that basically what they're saying? Yeah, I mean it's they're they're saying that this is our little fiefdom, hands off. They're saying that somehow in the bubble of a courthouse or a courtroom, the Constitution doesn't apply. The laws passed by the General Assembly don't apply. But yet we can carry, can carry a concealed firearm into the into the Capitol. You think City Hall is more important than the Capitol? Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The, the stupidity of the arguments. I mean, they were stupid when you guys had to start this whole process. And yeah, as they go yeah. on, they don't get smarter. They don't. They don't raise the uh, the dialogue. They lower the dialogue. Yeah, they do. It's amazing. Yeah, they do. Right and, they, oh, and they just violate the basic notions of our of our republic. We have a legislative yeah. body. We elect people to pass laws, and we expect the judges to uphold them. Now, could they be unconstitutional? Yeah, they could be. But that's not the arguments they made. The arguments they made are, are some kind of separation of powers. Oh, that's not what the statute means. Oh, officer of the court. No, that's the, oh, let's, let's make some crazy Latin argument about how uh, the statutory interpretation of this doesn't mean what it says. <laughs> it's yeah. incredible. I think that they're going to lose when you guys get to the Supreme Court. I think, I think uh, you sure all feel that so. way as well. I got we two do. minutes, we Robert. You got to stay at two minutes, okay? Your thoughts about when you go to the Supreme Court? You you pretty well, you pretty uh, positive? Yeah. Listen, you know, as lawyers, we always try to make predictions, uh, but predictions don't matter at the end of the day. What matters at the end of the day is what the court actually does. It is clear that the Supreme Court, elected statewide, is far more conservative in their judicial interpretation than is. Uh, than are the leftist judges uh, in Little Rock. And so they won't be improperly influenced by their uh, the leftist political agenda to undo what the legislature has done. Uh, so that certainly gives me greater confidence that we will uh, succeed in the Supreme Court. In fact, uh, Chris and I discussed before we went to the circuit court here in Little Rock uh, we both said, no, we're not going to win in circuit court. We went there because we know what the law says. We know what the right thing to do is. We're not afraid of losing uh, because there are judges who elevate politics over law. Uh, so that you know that's part of the process, unfortunately. And we have filed in the two cases in which we've gotten decisions, both of them wrong, both of them leftist, uh, already in the Supreme Court. And we filed, uh, um, have filed or are filing one brief. Chris is sort of in charge of the filing um, in one case. 
And the other one, we filed a notice of appeal. So okay. the cases are on, on their way to the Supreme Court. Okay, we got to take a break. You guys have lost some battles, but I do believe in the end you'll win the war. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Chris. All right, back with you on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got 25 minutes left here on a Friday morning. Matt Smith joins me, as he does on most Fridays, because what better thing to do on the weekend than go see a movie? Uh, you weren't able to get out probably last night to, to see some of the, uh, you know, o- you know, early openings of, of some of the films. Uh, so uh, let's talk about what's going to go on uh, this weekend. I've I'm going to go Saturday night. I'm going to give one extra day for the roads to clear up a little bit. Matt, the big one that I want to see is the one with Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson uh, and done by, uh, you know, some of the big uh, directors that like to do extravaganzas, and that's going to be Moonfall. Yes, yes, directed by Roland Emmerich and, of course, uh, John Bradley and Michael Pina and Charlie Plummer also in this film. Um in Moonfall, which is PG-13, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler, that's Haley Berry, is convinced she has the key to saving us all. But only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, and a conspiracy theorist, Casey Houseman, believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount an impossible last-ditch mission into space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find out that our moon is not what we think it is. Yeah, this I can't, I can't wait. It looks like fun. Big sci-fi yeah, it looks action like fun. Yeah, this is, this is like, uh, you know, the, the movie we had a few years back with, uh, you know, Smith and, and all the rest of them on the Aliens, Independence Day. Uh, when the aliens attacked us, uh, this is a, a another one of those great big CGI special effects extravaganza. Uh, Roland Emmerich has kind of taken the place of uh, who was it that used to do all the disaster films, Poseidon Adventure and Towering Inferno and all of that. He's kind of taken his place with uh, these type of movies. Yes, yes, he is. He's directing those. Uh, that's out new today. I highly recommend it. Of course, it's on the big screen. It's an extravaganza in that awesome Dolby 7.1 surround sound. No doubt about it. Yeah, I'm hey, looking forward screen. to it. Yeah, I was thinking of Irwin Allen, who used to do all yeah. the disaster flicks that were great and fun to go yeah. watch. This is this is one of those movies. that It's a popcorn movie. That's what you and I and most people who are in, in involved with the industry in any way, shape, or form understand it's nothing to be taken serious. It's just a fun movie to go turn your mind off and enjoy. As all movies should be. Yeah, you know, if, that's you, if true. you want, if you want, yeah, if you want preaching, go to church. I mean, if you want something negative, watch the news. You know, the movies are about a good time. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's if why you, you're leaving the house. You're you leaving the house to go have some fun and some entertainment. That's the point. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want history, watch the History Channel. That's what I say. But anyway, with that, Read a book. with all of that being, yeah, with all of that, that's a that's a weird thing to to tell people who don't read anymore. But the bottom line is, you got that one, and then you got another one that's out there that's going to draw. I, you know, I'm going to be honest. This next movie may outdraw Moonfall, even though Moonfall, I think, is going to be more fun. 
a lot of people like lowbrow humor, and they're going to go and go watch Jackass, the movie again. Yes, Jackass Forever, it's rated R. And, of course, you've got back in this thing Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, Chris Pontus, Dave England, Preston Lacey. After 10 years, the Jackass crew and their pals are back for one last final round of pranks and pain. And it's true. It's been 10 years since the last one. They've got the original gang back together. Uh, this is going to be the stupid, lowbrow humor that you would expect from a jackass film. <laughs> people are going to watch this goofy thing. I think a lot of young yeah, people are, are going to come out. Yes, I think a lot of young people are going to come out and watch this. But there will be people in their 30s and 40s that remember the original jackass movie and they'll be back out to see this too and and, and i do believe this is the last go around for johnny knoxville and steve-o and everybody uh it's rated r obviously uh 96 minutes long uh playing at all of our locations and yes it is just stupid fun that's absolutely what it is <laughs> yeah i have to admit i've watched the other ones and i laughed hard i mean laughed where i had tears in my eyes it just it's just so ridiculous. It's it may, it's funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, people are going to enjoy it as well. I just, for the life of me, I love Moonfall. The the whole concept of a of a sci fi movie that can't be true uh, in what I because I know some of the things about the movie that maybe other people don't. But I'm just thinking the special effects are going to be incredible, and I want to see what they've done on the big screen for that. And I like Halle Berry. What can I say? And Patrick Wilson. I like both of them as actors. It's going to be a great film. There's no doubt about it. Now, we're still playing Redeeming Love uh, from last weekend, okay. PG-13, somewhat of a faith-based, faith-based motion picture. It is definitely a powerful love story. That is still on the screen. And, uh, of course, we still have – and Redeeming Love is at all of our locations. Uh, we're still playing Scream. Rated R, the reboot of Scream. It's the best one since the original. Still playing at all locations. We still have Underdog, PG, good for the whole family. Definitely the Kurt Warner story, how he goes from sacking groceries to winning the Super Bowl. Sing 2, animated feature for all the kids. That's still playing at all of our locations. And then, of course, we have uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home, uh, third biggest movie of all time uh, worldwide. Uh, right now it's in fourth place of all time at the domestic box office, No Way Home, Spider-Man, PG-13. That is still at all of our locations. So in Batesville, Searcy, Cabot, Hot Springs, and at the Riverdale 10 in Little Rock, you can catch Jackass Forever, Redeeming Love, Moonfall, Spider-Man No Way Home, Sing 2, American Underdog, Scream. Uh, all those are playing at all locations. Now, we've got a ex- couple of exclusives at Riverdale 10. Uh, we are playing Sundown at Riverdale 10, which is rated R. stars Tim Roth, Charlotte Gains- Gainsbourg, Henry Goodman. Um, this is directed by Michael Franco. It is from Bleecker Street Films. It's rated R. It's an exclusive at Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com. Tim Roth and Charlotte Gainsbourg are the core of a wealthy family on vacation in Mexico with younger members of the family until a distant emergency cuts into their their trip. When one relative okay. disrupts the family's tight-knit order, simmering tensions rise to force this suspenseful jolt. So uh, there's money involved. There's an inheritance. Uh, I'm not going to give it away. Spoiler alerts there. But uh, Tim okay. Ross, Charlotte Gainsbourg, huge in this movie. Rated R, Sundown, that's at Riverdale 10. That's an exclusive at Riverdale. Okay. Uh, and that uh, that should be really good. Now, is Nightmare Street uh, Alley still on? 
Yes, and Nightmare Alley is the best motion picture made in 2021. Uh, Nightmare Alley is absolutely, beyond a doubt, my favorite film from last year. Uh, I've got a black-and-white version of Nightmare Alley playing at Riverdale 10 right now, throwback to the film Noor. It is called Nightmare Alley, Vision in Darkness and Light. That is also an exclusive for us. The film is rated R. It's got a running time of 139 minutes, directed by Del Toro himself. And, of course, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Rooney Mara, Richard Jenkins, Ron Perlman Star. God, what a huge cast. Experience Nightmare Alley in the classic film noir style of black and white for a limited time. A young, ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. This movie is spot on perfect. Best movie made in 2021. Do not miss Nightmare Alley and be sure to check it out in black and white at Riverdale 10. That's an exclusive. Riverdale10.com for Showtimes. Uh, got a couple more cool movies at Riverdale to tell you about. We are still playing Licorice Pizza, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, Alan Kane and Gary Valentine grow up, run around, and fall in love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973. This film's rated R. Sean Penn is in this film. Bradley Cooper is in this film. Tom Waits is in this film. Uh, this is also a movie up for uh, award nominations, Licorice Pizza. Great little, great little coming-of-age uh, motion picture there. Got to tell you about Belfast. We have brought Belfast back. Belfast will be nominated for some Oscars when that announcement comes out. Kenneth Branagh directs. Uh, it stars uh, Jamie Doran. Uh, Judy Dench is in this motion picture. Uh, Laura McDonald. It's written and directed by Oscar nominee Kenneth Branagh, and it is a semi-biographical film that charts a, a boy's childhood during the years of the 1960s in the Northern Ireland capital. That is another award-winning film that uh, we have on at Riverdale 10. So check Riverdale 10 out for the exclusives of Nightmare Alley, Sundown, and, of course, Belfast. It's Riverdale10.com. And, hey, in anticipation of the Academy Awards, we're still playing West Side Story. That's still on the screen. And we still have Encanto playing, which uh, I expect to get nominated for the uh, animation Oscar. So Riverdale10.com for all of those motion pictures. All right, let's talk some more when we come back. Got to get our our final break of the five uh, the uh, seven o'clock hour in, and then I'll be back with more Matt Smith and the uh, VIP Cinemas and Hot Springs, Little Rock, Cabot, Searcy, and up in Batesville. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment when we get back together on Monday with the Power Panel, Tim Lim and R.D. Hopper and Paul Calvert. It'll be a lot warmer. Uh, all of the ice and snow will be gone. And uh, we can get back to our normal lives as far as that goes. So uh, we've got Matt Smith on. He is the owner of the uh, uh, VIP Cinemas and Hot Springs and Little Rock, of course, uh, here in Cabot, up in Searcy, up in Batesville. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the classic movie that's coming up. On Tuesday, we've got Casablanca. Uh, Screen Actors Guild has uh, declared for years that the uh, screenplay for Casablanca is the best screenplay uh, ever written. I mean, if you listen to just the words that are being said, it just flows beautifully. There's no doubt about that with Casablanca. Hey, it's the 80th anniversary presentation. PG, <clears throat> Academy Award winners Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman light up the screen in one of the most enduring romance movies in history. 
Mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman, Paul Henry. Go ahead. <clears throat> Claude Rains and Peter Lorre, the 8th anniversary event of all the gin joints and all the towns and all the world. She walks into mine. That's right. One of the great lines from that. Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay. Academy Award nominations for Best Actor in a Leading Role for Humphrey Bogart. Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Claude Rains. Best Cinematography. Best Film Editing. Best Music. Best Score. Wow. What's not to love? (laughs) It's a great movie. It it really is. By the way, there's a scene in that movie that everybody's going to love where they show the – there's a plane that is shown on the runway. I won't get into it because I, if for you who may never have seen this movie, uh, I don't want to give you a spoiler. But just know that all of the people around the plane, so that it looked like it was a big plane, which it was, and it was a kind of cutout. Those those are little people that they used in that scene, so it made the plane look big. How's that one for you doing uh, doing natural special effects back in the day? Hey, absolutely. You can't beat it. The tickets are on sale at Riverdale10.com. It's Tuesday night, February the 8th, this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Tickets are just five bucks. Go to Riverdale10.com. dollars. Yes. I mean, maybe you, you, you may have seen this. I'm going to tell everybody. You may have seen this movie on television, and you might say, but it's in black and white. Let me tell you what. Black and white film, if done right, has more power than color film does. It is amazing how powerful black and white can be if it's shot correctly. And for this movie, it was shot correctly. And uh, to see it on the big screen, see Bogart on the big screen, you'll understand what what the charisma was about uh, Humphrey Bogart and uh, in the movies. He's incredible in this movie. Best ever, no doubt about it. It's $5, Rebuild10.com for your tickets. And, you know, that's our classic for uh, February. Looking forward just slightly for 30 days later on Tuesday, March the 8th, also for just $5, we will have Goodfellas from Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Um, those tickets are on sale now, too. That's that's part of uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, Mean Streets uh, trilogy, trilogy. You had Mean Streets. Then you had Goodfellows, and then you had Casino. Those three movies go hand hand in hand, and it is the movie I believe that uh, you know launched Ray Liotta's career, and it made Joe Pesci a star. Oh, definitely, no doubt about it. Yes, uh, for those two guys, yes, De Niro showed up. He was the star power when he got there, uh, right. but it made a career for the other two guys. There's no doubt, absolutely true. Yes, Goodfellas, March the 7 only five bucks. And Goodfellas, isn't Paul Sorvino in that movie as well? Yes, yes, he is, yes. Yeah, yeah, he's very good in it as, as well. And his daughter went on to have a pretty good, illustrious career with the mighty Aphrodite with the, uh, with the, the movies, and, uh, she, and she turned into a great actress as well. But the bottom line is, Goodfellas, uh, after The Godfather, Probably one of the best crime movies I've ever seen. You know, mob yeah. movies. Paul Paul yeah. gets to play Pauly. <laughs> not, yeah. not much of a stretch for him there for that name in that motion picture. But yes, he That's is right. he is the captain uh, above uh, Ray Liotta's crew in that whole thing. Absolutely, yes. 
Everybody yeah. needs to go see that one as well. We'll talk more about it as we go along because Goodfellas come back to the screen, as he said, in March on the 8th, right over at uh, Riverdale uh, 10. What are some big movies that uh, we can be uh, ready for here in the next few weeks? I know The Batman is coming up in uh, the beginning of March. Oh, well, hey, now uh, next week on March, or excuse me, next week on February the 11th, we'll have Black Light with Liam Neeson. Uh, That starts on February. 11th, his new action picture. Also starting on February the 11th is Marry Me with Jennifer Lopez, a little rom-com for Valentine's Day. Uh, also on the 11th, Death on the Nile, which is just a star-studded cast in that motion picture. That starts on the 11th. Big action picture, February the 18th, called Uncharted. Uh, that is out February the 18th. Uh, really big movie. Uh, of course, uh, action film from Sony Classics. I think that'll open do a hundred million. That's a huge going to be a huge movie. There's no doubt about that. It's got Mark Wahlberg in that film, and then uh, we got a cool movie. Tom, with, Tom Holland's in it. Spider Man's in yeah. it. Yes, and we've got a cool movie um, called Dog with Channing Tatum that also comes out on the 18th. Looks now good. I've got a great I've got a great thing going on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day, which is Monday, February the 14th at 7 p.m., we will be showing a sneak preview of Dog uh, for Valentine's Day, 7 o'clock, and that'll be uh, Monday, February the 14th. Uh, You'll be able to see it a week early uh, in Hot Springs and Cabot. So that's CabotVIPCinema.com and HotSpringsVIP.com. Those tickets are on sale. And if you haven't done so, go to our website, uh, sign up for the email newsletter. Uh, be sure to uh, like uh, and follow our Facebook page so you can see up to date with the cool things that we have going on because we are able to do things like that uh, sometimes. And when we do, uh, if you're on that email newsletter or you're a member of our rewards program, uh, you find out about those things first. You get those tickets ahead of time. So uh, yeah, be sure to sign up yeah, for the newsletter. That movie, Dog, looks very, very entertaining. And by the way, it's not like Tom Hanks and Hooch or anything like that. It, it, it's it got a much better storyline. Tatum is going to show his uh, com- comedic chops like he is in the past. And that dog looks like it's going to be a huge, huge, uh, big winner at, at the box office. But the one that's really everybody's looking forward to besides Uncharted, I got to believe, is the Batman, which is coming up at the very first weekend of March. March 4th, yes, absolutely, March 4th. That's coming up. Uh, you know, we'll probably have the thing on like four screens or something. It's going to be a huge, massive motion picture. The first show time on that will be at 3 p.m. on Thursday, March the 3rd. That is the very first moment you can watch that motion picture. Well, Thursday, I was, you know, I I. I didn't show a lot of uh, love for it when I first heard that Patterson was going to play Bruce Wayne in the Batman. But with the trailers that I've seen and Patterson in the part, he looks pretty doggone good. I got to give you give, give him credit for that. And it looks like it's caught the essence of the early Bob Kane Batman when he first brought it to uh, Detective Comics. Gritty, uh, new style. Great relaunch for the motion picture. Uh, just looks to be tremendous all the way around. All right, no Matt, it's always a pleasure, buddy. Drive safely if you got to get, get out. Uh, I know you got all those sports cars. You might not want to get out in those. I'm just telling you. I'll lock, I'll lock in the four-wheel drive. I have to get four-wheel drive out when I get out. Just lock it in, <laughs> four-wheel drive. All four hubs, man. I'm ready.
right. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Matt Smith, the man who owns all of the VIPs. All right. We appreciate you. VIP Cinemas in Hot Springs in Searcy, in Cabot, in Little Rock, and now up in Batesville as well. I'm Dave Ellswick. On Monday, we'll be back at 6 a.m. I hope that I'll be back in the studio, and we'll be doing the, the, the show with the uh, power panel. Pim Lim will be there along with R.D. Hopper and Paul Calvert. Until then, you have a great day. Have a good weekend, and go to the movies. I'll talk to you then here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.